You are listening to The Edge, a podcast for personal development junkies and visionaries living right at the precipice of, oh shit, meets fuck yeah. I'm Nadia Munda, an embodiment and relationship coach and a lover of all edges. Stick around to listen to raw, unpolished conversations where we explore our personal and collective edges in all their erotic glory. Today, you are listening to a coaching episode. In these episodes, you get a little peek into what is normally a private space, my one-on-one coaching practice. This really gives you a glimpse into what it's like to be guided and held by me and will hopefully leave you with some key aha moments. Everyone who is coached here in these episodes has consented to publicizing these sessions and remains anonymous for the sake of confidentiality. I mean, the the continuous thing that comes up for me is uh, the communication between us is usually extremely good. We're able to be open-minded to one another and respect each other's, you know, presence within moments and uh for me sometimes it just feels like when you're talking about you know the what we do have between one another and like in my mind when we were sitting there I was thinking of this very luscious like this field that's just lush with grass and corn for some reason is what came to mind Mm. just these tall corn that they kind of blend together and uh it just seems like sometimes there's a separation, like a fence gets put in place, you know, those, those fields become two and it, it tends to happen within, within conflict, but it's mainly when there's some form of disagreement. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it feels like there is a, uh, a form of criticism that's taken extremely personally so that respect for one another kind of that fence gets put in place and it becomes two sides mm. instead of something that's conjoined within the the conflict or conversation that's happening at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So there's this you feel the field of the we and it's really cool visuals with that and what I'm hearing is that there's these moments specifically when criticism shows up where it suddenly feels like instead of the we field it's now two separate fields i understand that right Mm -hmm. yeah i'm curious just as a follow-up to that to clarify is that in your experience right is that is that criticism in one direction or does that go both ways it definitely can go both ways um but it feels like that's kind of a trigger specifically um so if there is something that's even perceived as criticism Mm -hmm. uh it seems like there's a big reaction to it Mm -hmm. so it kind of transforms into something else instead of it being a conversation where we have love and respect for one another it becomes kind of adversarial yeah Um, I'm going to speak to that in a moment um, because this is a very universal phenomena that comes up in any relating, right? It's not even specifically romantic. 
Um, there's a moment where there's a fracture and a shift from this person is my ally to this person. And it's not conscious, right? But to this person is um, someone I have to fight for my own survival against. And it's like, we never, of course, are thinking about it cognitively to that degree because we're like, of course, no, this is my partner. This is the person I love. And there is in our survival mechanism, a place where we go, now I have to, instead of us fighting as um, a team against something else or the world, or like we're coming together and facing challenges together, we now, I have to fight the other person in order to get what I need. So the moment that we feel that our own needs are in jeopardy, the other person can sort of become like an ad adversary for a moment. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I think the static that comes up for me, in that came up in that moment and that's come up recently is um, not, that when I'm communicating sometimes I don't I I'm like struggling to feel understood mm. yeah to feel like totally totally heard and seen in in the experience that I'm having or whatever I'm trying to get across and it's that it's it's like just that and then because I because I feel that way I like really over exaggerate um points that I feel like I'm I need to make or that I want to feel heard and yeah I'll make it like really big when mm. it's really it could just be this one sentence but because I am feel like I'm not going to be understood I have to make it a whole paragraph and then it ends up like then it can be taken um I don't want to say hurtful because I don't well I mean sometimes it is perceived as mean from from him mm -hmm. and that's yeah it's like a, a that I have to be big I have to be loud and not necessarily that I am always loud but just in the communication that it needs to be more exaggerated mm -hmm. yeah. 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 so what I'm hearing there is that there is a deep desire to be understood that there's possibly a wound it's been around for a while that pops up here in this dynamic around not being understood. And so your protection mechanism, the way that you come at it to, to take care of yourself is to get really assertive, is to go into, like you had said in your um, forum before we got on this call, like that there's this like, oh, I get lost in the wanting to be right. And I, I'm really hearing that it's like getting lost in the wanting to be understood, mm -hmm. which can present as the same thing on the outside, but the, the desire is a little bit different mm -hmm. because it's really, when we wanna be understood, we wanna be seen. And so we feel unseen. And so we may over compensate in some way, right? To be seen, like, no, no, really, like, please, like see me. And in the process of doing that, of the uh, overcompensation that comes from you trying to get your needs met, it's creating challenge for your partner. 
And so now he's having an experience and I would love to pass the baton onto him. Like, what is the experience when you are receiving the paragraph that says, no, 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 like you don't understand. Um, I guess the issue that I have with it that keeps coming up for me is it it feels very personal. It's a, it'll be a moment where maybe there's like some form of uh, criticism that feels like mothering to me. That's something that's come up. Um, like an example would be uh, the amount of food that I'm eating, like a dietary choice. And then when I bring up a boundary or a criticism of the comment on that, then it feels like it's it becomes more personal. Um, so it feels like it goes from being a conversation to that adversarial uh, kind of situation where it feels like it's a personal attack more than it is trying to for her trying to be seen in that moment it kind of transfers into something else okay. and it becomes i mean assertive would be one thing but it feels more aggressive than assertive right so your experience is it goes a few steps beyond I want to be understood or heard or seen. And it turns into now there's aggression at me, there's criticism at me. And it, it feels like, like a mothering, sort of complaining, criticizing energy about what you're doing. Yeah, like, uh, I guess, trying to set a boundary on something um, where I feel like, my own autonomy or the way that I'm taking care of myself in that moment is kind of a decision that's mine. So within that moment, feeling like I'm being mothered um, doesn't feel good to me. That doesn't feel like a positive form of criticism. Um, so when I set a boundary, it seems like that boundary is taken personally as if yeah, she feels like she's not being seen and then it gets, it just gets more aggressive instead of recognition of the boundary. And what's your experience, Em, as, that, as all of that's happening when he's holding the boundary, when um, he's having, yeah, I'm just curious what your experience is at that point. And it sounds like there's a, you know, I love to be really specific. So it sounds like there was a recent scenario that did involve, like you were referring to some sort of dietary choices or something <laughs> like that. And so perhaps we can, if you're comfortable with it, go into that particular scenario, because I do find the less we stay in the conceptual and the theoretical, and the more we get into the details, the more we can actually get to like the granular pieces. So do you want to as you're going through the experience, maybe walk me through the context if you guys are both open to it. Yeah, I feel like for me, when he's talking about that, the kind of the experience that I was talking about having, uh, it it feels related to that and this this scenario that I'll that we'll bring up or whatever. Um, but like later on in it, um, I was talking about the bear thing. Anyways. Mm -hmm. 
let's see. Okay, so if there's, how do I approach this? I guess just in, in direct response to that of your first question that if the, that's the first thing's happening and then he's returning, <laughs> returning it then that that like is the point where I feel like I'm not feeling seen or understood because it feels like that that moment is the thing that like the wall is going up right there for me if I'm expressing something I just want it to be just like taken in but it seems like it's always fought with or there's always a response to it in some way that then makes me feel like I I need to be like louder and bigger next time so that that, because I'm always wanting the response to be like I hear you Mm -hmm. I'll think about that or whatever you know Mm -hmm. not defensiveness which I'm sure like I feel like he has a very similar experience I'm talking for you right now but we've talked about this of me right of when he comes to me with something that I do the same thing I don't just respond um like I hear you (laughs) I'm also fighting. So damn, I feel like the conflict's really convoluted. I'm like totally open to to telling that story. It just has a lot of different like like chapters. I think we should dive in if you guys are comfortable. I mean, this is what we're here for. And I think just using, because what we can do then is when we walk through how it played out, we can actually workshop how to shift that. But I need okay. the specifics yes. to be able to like have us go through that experience again in a different way. Okay. So I uh, I noticed how much eats. Like it's almost unconsciously for me, I have a history of, like eating disorders and paying too much attention to that in general. So it's like just something I'm constantly hyper aware of. I don't want to like, I don't want to, I want to tell the story without like bringing up the argument in a really big way. Cause I don't, um, whatever. I have my judgment about it, that he's a very large man. He's six, six. And my own judgment is like not eating enough food right which maybe i don't need i i don't need to bring it up but i all, i i feel like this um i get to have an opinion about this cuz we're married and your health is my like i get to be concerned about that this whole thing whatever and instead of coming to him in like a respectful and open way to have a conversation about that because I I'm, I already feel a lot of anxiety about it just about bringing anything up it's only when it's like really intense for me that I'll just like make a remark about it like the one that happened the other day I had made food I had made dinner and I didn't think that he had eaten it and he said he was going to make popcorn and I like <laughs> I like peep out like, aren't you going to eat your protein first? And he, he said, don't mom me. And I, the way that I took that in, in that moment was very like, don't mom me. Like, I don't know if you can, if I'm like changing my tone of voice enough and it's not, I'm not 
because we've had this stuck. I'm not saying that's the way that he said it. And I know that for real. That's the way that I took it in probably because of like the nervousness and already that I was having at that moment. And I totally shut down at that, at him saying that. Right. Um, And this is, so the thing that happens next is something that happens kind of consistently, which is that if I feel triggered by something, I don't say anything about it because I don't feel like I fully understand it. I don't understand why, you know, I want to like think about it. Why am I so upset by that? I know that I'm upset right now, but I feel like if I open my mouth in this moment, it's going to only be not productive shit that I'm going to say. So I shut down about it and I'm like super prone to stonewalling, you know, um, this is at nighttime when this happens. So 15 minutes go by or whatever gets in bed. He like is lays a hand on me. I'm laying there with my eyes closed. I kind of just ignore what's going on. And at some point I, I said, I'm going to put my earplugs in. I'm going to go to sleep. And um, the next morning, I still was in a really big mood about it. Didn't want to say anything about it. My perception of the situation is we're in the apartment together. I'm doing my best to like totally ignore everything, even though everything's really, seems really irritating to me when I'm in a mood like that. I'm like, I'm doing my thing. I'm going to have time to think about this later and sort it out. Like when I'm by myself and I have space and I feel like I'm in my own little thing. And like you speak to this, if you want to, for him, like what he tells me is that in those moments, I'm like, I'm really big. My mood is like everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like my black cloud is taking up the whole apartment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And then it explodes at some point. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So what I'm hearing is there's two pieces. One is that there is a fear that you have about his health, whether warranted or not, but in your experience, there is a fear and therefore there's a desire to manage something around the diet. And then there's also this piece where you, you know, you have the tendency to, to stonewall and to close, but that it comes from a desire to like just sit and process like what's going on and until I understand exactly why I'm mad I'm just sort of gonna do this does that feel true yeah yes let's check in with Pete let's 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 hear your your experience of that evening from popcorn time through to the next day yeah i mean that is it is frustrating because it does seem like the stonewalling thing is consistent um i mean i'm i'm six six and almost 220 pounds i'm not a string bean you know i feel like i take fairly good care of myself and we have a pretty specific diet that i adhere to so i just don't feel like that's an issue and we had set up a boundary beforehand around that we had had a conversation where she had made kind of a like cutting comment and all I asked, I just said, if you want to talk about things like that, bring it up in a conversational way. Don't make just like an offhanded comment in a moment. You know, if you're like sincerely worried about that, let's have a conversation instead of just kind of slipping it in that way. Um, 
And I, I mean, you know, I hear you and your perception of how you may have thought I said that, but in that moment, I didn't, I didn't have any big emotion behind it. I just thought I was establishing a boundary again. Um, and I was actually confused as to why the stonewalling was happening because I didn't, that moment, there was no recognition of like, uh, on my part, some kind of intense emotional response to that. It just felt, it felt easy for me. Um, like it was just a reminder of the boundary that we had set beforehand. And what you didn't mention is, I mean, there were, there were three or four times I reached out before she decided to go to bed. You know, I, I asked, I was like, Hey, are you doing all right? Cause I felt like it was just kind of quiet and maybe there was some unsettled feeling there. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, and I said that multiple times and I even apologized cause I wasn't, when I finally kind of realized there was something going on, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm tired today. If I, you know, coming off in any certain way. I forgot how I worded it, but, and then right before we went to bed, I reached out and grabbed her leg and looked directly at her. And that's when she just turned and looked me directly in the eye and went, I'm putting my earplugs in, good night. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so there is something going on. And I had to sit and kind of repeat what had happened. And I, I came to the conclusion you know two or three minutes later that that's probably what the issue was but yeah just the I just wish there was more of a conversation within that moment I mean I could have responded differently as well I recognize that maybe that's that's part of the process of you know those issues are always going to come up and it's how to confront them in a different way so she does feel seen in yeah yeah my perception of the situation (laughs) Okay, so then I would love to hear from each of you as well. What would you have loved in that scenario instead? So if you could, you know, wave a magic wand and have it, have your partner do it exactly the way that feels best, what would that look like for you? I don't even feel like it's something that I'm allowed to ask for because I feel like it's it's me wanting like magical thinking, you know. But this is the time. Doesn't mean that right. doesn't mean you're not demanding <laughs> it. And I I'm not demanding it of anyone in the space. We're just yeah. getting to understand each other by yeah. putting out what like just putting into the space like what I actually sort of secretly want, even if I think it's absolutely impossible to ever get it. Yeah. Mine would have been that, oh, well, are we starting from the moment when the, the feeling happened? Because I can't go backwards. Yes. I can't do that. <laughs> that, that like, her would have been sensitive to my shutdown in the moment and would have, you know, if he had said that, like the don't mom me, that he would have like heard, heard it how I heard it, mm-hmm. had seen me shut down about it and would have like come over to me and been like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say it that way. Um, you know, yeah, I love you. I, I just want to eat popcorn. Can we talk about this later or something? Got it. Yeah. I'm curious, do you, would you have rather that he not say the phrase itself, don't mom me? Or it was that, is that fine? It's just the after. You just want him to recognize 
that the, sh the closure that happened as a result of that was that feels that feels more important to me yeah recognizing the closure and then coming and shifting it yeah what about you i mean considering we had had discussions about that before i mean i i would like to think that there's enough faith that i can take care of myself in moments like that um so once we set up a boundary like that, I mean, I just like it to be respected. Um, and as far as if they're moving past that, though, if there is a feeling, I mean, there were, I felt like there were multiple situations where I did reach out and maybe it wasn't big enough. That's what I'm kind of hearing from you is it wasn't big enough in that moment that you can recognize that an effort is being made and then ease into that and try and try and find me in the middle somewhere mm -hmm. when that's happening. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful work so far. Okay, so we've heard what our experiences what we would have loved instead. And what I'm really, I'm gonna sort of bring in what I'm seeing into this. My sense is, okay, so like every other couple in the world, there's going to be a place where both of your, each of your individual wounds like gets rubbed up and you each go into your own version of a protection mechanism, which are completely valid. But that protection mechanism creates another layer of conflict and distance and misunderstanding, and then it sort of snowballs, right? It's like the more we close, the harder it is to actually open. And so what I'm feeling that we could bring into the space more is a little bit more expression of emotion by M and a little bit more play in the dominance of like just in holding the boundary. So it's like for P, like him coming in, for example, I'll just give you guys a one run through. It's not necessarily the way you would do it, but I'm just going to offer an example of how this could go. It's okay. So and goes, all right, like, what do you mean? Are you not going to eat your protein? And it's like, well, you, you guys have had this conversation several times, right? And so P can, you know, there's a way in which you can make, hold that, that sovereignty and hold that boundary, but respond in a very playful manner, right? Where you're like, oh, are you momming me again? Like where it's just like, it's more like, there's a little bit more play and, and there isn't like a, a criticism back because what's happening is one criticism is creating another criticism and then the closures happen you know and it just it's the more there's closure the harder it is to open but if if in the moment you instantly address and it is it's a breaking of a pattern right but but if you get cheeky about it and you know i don't know like what works for you guys but i'll give you an example in my life like my man used to, when I would get a little bit feisty, he'd be like, oh, is that what's happening right now? Okay, come on over. You're going to sit, you know, sit on my lap and you're going to get a few spanks. 
And that's just like how we made it. Like we just made it playful. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, and I would realize in the moment that he was calling me out on this pattern that I had um, that wasn't intentional because none of us are intending to do this. Obviously you both love each other. And it's just this moment of like such a knee jerk response, right? It's like, yeah, don't fucking mother me, right? Like that is a legitimate like boundary to have. Like he is a sovereign man and he gets to choose what he puts in his body. And also he gets to come to you with also an open heart. Maybe it's in the moment, maybe it's later and go, I really appreciate that you are concerned about my health. Like that, like, like, to actually feel that, like, oh, actually, it's just because she's concerned and I'm a fucking grown man. Let it go, <laughs> right? But there's a way that, I'm just curious, like, for you, I'm like, does it feel, is there a little bit of turn on when there is like a holding of a boundary in a beautiful way? Yeah, yeah sometimes a no can feel really good because it's actually more trustable in our men because if he was like okay oh no or whatever yeah. like no, that trust. i doubt no one wants to to have sex with that right i think right? it's not the, a turn off the the playful thing that you brought in like deeply releases something in me that it's yeah. not yeah, like there's almost like a parent, a parental thing ha happening for me if the tone of voice is, you know, such and such way that then I feel like I'm being told, you know, no, 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 but not in a nice way, not in a playful way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's happening for, but also cut and paste that experience. That's exactly, and chime in if yeah. I'm incorrect, but that's exactly what's happening for P as well. Yes. Because I mean, he's literally saying, don't mom me, right? Yeah. So each of you for a moment goes back into that, you know, I'm three, four, five years old and a caregiver, a parent is doing the thing that used to just close me. And so if you both are playing that out, which again, that's literally why relationships are the most healing of incubators. It's because mm -hmm. it's the place where the other person is the placeholder for a parent or a caregiver, right? Depending. And so the more conscious we become of the fact of like, oh, I'm actually responding this way because I have an aversion to being mommied or I have an aversion to being shamed or not understood. Um, when we start to realize that we can actually detach a little bit more from the experience and we're not so drowning in the experience of closure, we're actually pulling back and being like, oh, right, this is like the thing that happens. And also we are not three or four years old. We are two grown-ass adults who are playful, sexual, and love each other. So how do we bring in like the play and the like sex and the like, just, and make it like, oh, ha, 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 like keep you in the adult version of you. Because that's part of what happens too. Like when you, 
again, it's not everyone's flavor, but if when you're like, oh, come on over, get on my lap, let me give you a couple of spanks. Like it's a way to bring in like the sexual play, which keeps you as an adult. Like you're not going, you know, I mean, unless there's a very particular um, scenario as a child, like that wouldn't bring up anything else, right? It just keeps you as an adult. And so mm -hmm. other examples, cause I don't want to harp too much on the like <laughs> sexual spanking specifically, <laughs> but like, I'm trying to think of like, you know, there's, there's so many ways. Um, let's take a less playful way and a more open-hearted way. So let's say the response from P is don't mommy me. And it's sharp because, you know, <clears throat> he's tired. It's the end of the day, whatever. Right. Like we're not always resourced. And like one of us has to go first. Always. We have mm -hmm. to be like, I'm going to be the generous one today. And hopefully one person is a little bit more resourced and can like be like, all right, I'm going to do, I'm going to take this one for the team, you know? And so let's say he's sharp. You have the instant response of, Oh my God, I'm just trying to help. Right. And instead you check in and go, Oh, like what's really underneath that is that I'm just really concerned. And so what if after that you came to him and I know it's going to be against, again, it's fighting a habit, but you actually get really close to him and you look up at him and into his eyes and you're like, just worried about you. I know I'm doing the thing, but I'm just worried, you know? And it's just so innocent because no one is going to feel defensive. Well, let me check in. Pete, how would you respond to like her just like, just like a soft purring kitten coming over and being like, I just, I just want to make sure. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I would be more receptive to that because it would feel like a genuine form of care, I guess, instead mm -hmm. of uh, more of a demand. Yeah, like the way that you were nuzzling his shoulder earlier, like in the moment, like, oh, yeah, I know I do the thing. I did the thing. Right. It's like <laughs> there's that is an opening that op also I, I saw how it opened him. Right. So it's like in those moments. And by the way, this is the hardest work. Like it's not easy, even though conceptually it is in the moment. All we want to do is do the thing that we've done a million times before, which is like, fuck you, you know, but in our own way. <laughs> and but the, the it's it's okay how this is like the martial arts of relating it's like okay how do i take a few breaths go okay i'm doing the thing that i do but i don't actually want to do it right because you don't actually want to be in closure and you don't want to be snapping right like no one wants to be in these situations but it's the way that we respond when we feel that our survival is being threatened. Our sovereignty is being threatened. Our freedom is being threatened. Love is being threatened, like depending on what it is, right? But there's a threat. And so we go either like this or we go outward. Like, um, and yeah, right. For those listening, what I was just doing with my body was just like either like a hiding, closing, shutting down, or like a fighting and reaching out and sort of um, poking and aggressing. And, and, and that's just an, a primal animal response that we all have and it's good because ultimately it keeps us alive. But in these situations, we're not actually fighting for our life even though on some subconscious level, it may feel that way because we feel like the other person is taking away something that we really want. And so in mm -hmm. P's case, that's sovereignty and freedom, right? 
and his ability to choose. And for you, it's being seen, which is really love. Which also happens to parallel with masculine and feminine priorities. So the masculine in all of us craves freedom above anything else. The feminine in all of us craves love connection, which of course comes in the form of being understood, being heard, uh, being seen, being praised, you know, all those things. So let me check in and see how this is landing for you. Well, yeah. Yeah, it feels good. I think there's some good advice in there. I think the one the one thing that I do have to, to say is I recognize that that playfulness has to be in there. And I, I thought that I had given you that in that moment. Because mm. I get you and smile at you when I said that. But mm. I feel like that needs to be a little louder, I guess. I'm curious, yeah, for you, Em, what would need to happen for it to feel less like a criticism? Because it sounds like, yeah, he, he felt like he was doing a little bit more of a playful energy, but maybe you need it to be more extreme than that. And so what would have it land in your body as like funny or, yeah, just lighter and not critical? I think to, to just like to really exaggerate it, if that's something that you feel like you have the ability to do in the moment, because because I know these things about myself and I know that I, you know, if something's coming up like that, that I will perceive a situation to be something that it might not be. And I'm not going to like gaslight myself here, but I know that if I'm, how do I even say that? Being triggered by something that I might see him as, as being like more of an aggressor than he is he then he is actually being in that moment that's all I need to say it's simple enough um so I need the playfulness to be like to just be bigger yeah I recognize that yeah is that yeah. enough yeah. yeah that's one way to do it right so what we have to do often when we're breaking a pattern is go really extreme and this is something that I learned that was so valuable for me in my own journey of relating over the years in the like lineage of uh, polarity work, like the David Data, John Wineland, et cetera, lineage. It's like, um, I had to do all of these ridiculous things that my mind thought were so dumb, right? Like just over-exaggerate, like get extra theatrical about things, but it's a great way to break the pattern in your nervous system that goes into the same fight or flight response. And so mm. it's not that you have to stay in that level of exaggeration forever. It usually just takes three incidences. Like I feel like three to four times and you start to really carve a new neural pathway and a new way of, of responding to something. But in those first three times, like, yes, it has to be ridiculous. Like I always remember I had one, love coach many years ago, Annie Lala, who I adore. And, and I was having a thing with my partner at the time where I had a really hard time asking for what I wanted. And so we went through an exercise where every time I would ask for what I wanted, which were like, you know, silly things, like, can I get a glass of water or you know, just really small things. But 
he would have to like cheerly like jump up and down and do this whole dance and be like yay you asked for you wanted no like I'm not going to give it to you but like you would sell it like I'm so like I celebrate you for asking for what you want and sometimes you know he gave me the thing but sometimes he was a no because he got to say no that's him as a sovereign being and I remember the first few times doing it being like oh my god this is so like exaggerated it's killing me because I'm more of a subtle kind of gal and uh it took only like three tries of him being ridiculous with like pom-poms and I don't know what and jumping around the kitchen and doing the thing for me to be like like it breaks something and I no longer felt as scared to ask for what I wanted and so it's the same thing but in a different scenario here where it's like you know can you be so exaggerated and playful or so truly just open in your heart where you take a couple of beats and go, oh, this is actually what I want here. Can I bring that to him or can he bring it to me? Because it also can go the other way. Like um, when you get asked that question about what you're eating, you know, P, you can also just say like, I really, really see how much you care about me and I'm a no, <laughs> right? But like really just bringing your heart in that and the key words of like, I see you, I see your care because that's all that she's trying to do. She's trying to care for you. But for you, it's like hovering and complaining and like too much mommy shit. And also like, what the fuck, I'm a man, leave me alone, right? All legitimate. And that's, it's like- I feel like that's- like that when you said that I feel like that's the thing that would actually shut down the desire to respond to it you know for me like in a good way or in a bad way like when you say shut down no in a in a good way in a good way like because there are a bunch of different responses that he could have that I would then I can feel in myself like still want to have the like I still want to push the conversation I still want to I don't want to talk about it I still want to so if he um, were to acknowledge your care yeah you would feel like okay I'm gonna back off now yeah okay. so you see what's beautiful so there's so many different places in that conversation where one person can go oh now's where I'm gonna break the pattern so it could be even before don't mom me could be like, oh, I see. Like if he's got the resource and the awareness in that moment when this situation or some version of it happens again, if he's able to at the very, you know, front end of things be like, oh, I, oh, she's doing the thing where she cares. But also it's like hovering. So I'm just going to acknowledge that she cares and then maybe she'll stop hovering. And um, that may be <laughs> something that you're able to do. If not, you might respond with the like, fuck off energy right or the like don't mom me or whatever um then that's a chance for you em to come in and go i'm gonna be the resource genus one who's gonna break the pattern and i'm gonna go like here's what's coming up for me you know here's it's just because of this or um you know you could even like cheekily respond to him like after he's like oh don't don't mom me you're like yeah I did the thing you know and like what are you gonna do you know I need to get punished like or whatever like there's there's a lot of different this is just an invitation to notice all the different entry points into changing the pattern yeah completely and sometimes it's there's 
one person goes, sometimes the other person goes. Like, it's just, you know, how resourced are we? And hopefully no one's keeping tabs and we just assume that it sort of balances itself out. But the idea is like, oh, okay, the other person is in their closure. Can I open them? How can I open them? Can I open them by me being open? Can I open them by making a joke, by being playful, by being silly? Um, are there like other very artful ways to open them? Um, it really depends on your specific personalities and what works for you. And it's very different for each couple, but the principle is the same, which is like noticing the moment where you go from, we're on the same team. Cause that's really what, what's, what, what's, what you're trying to do is, is you just want to be together doing your thing, but there's this moment where it's like, oh, now we're, instead of facing the world that, you know, together, we're facing each other and there's a standoff. And so if you notice that moment, it's like, can you go back to the vault of love and go like, no, 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 I know that we're actually a team and I'm going to step up and try to shift this today, right now. And it's never going to feel like, oh yeah, it's easy to, it's going to be my turn today. <laughs> no, it's always <laughs> hard. Like you're never going to want to do it. Like it's so, the resistance is real. And it's like going to the gym, right? You never really want to go, but then you're there and you're like, this actually feels great. You know? So it's like, sometimes you just have to give yourself that little extra push of like, okay, I'm doing the nervous system gym now. I'm doing it for the sake of our love. I know underneath it all that there's like, this is why we're, you know, we're, we're a team. And so let's see what happens if I shift this. And also for myself, like, it's just going to feel better. Like everyone's going to feel better if there isn't a whole 24 hours of shutdown and closure. Completely. Beautiful. Is there any other piece? Like, I just want to make sure as we're closing that there isn't like any thread or like, yeah, but, or anything else that's like swirling in your mind around this. Not for me. I feel like that's good advice and to have it kind of picked apart and analyzed that way and then have you present it the way that you, you do. It's almost like there's already recognition of those things. It's just the work needs to be done. I really like your analogy with the gym. Uh, that it's a good one. <laughs> it yes. makes a lot of sense to. Yeah, pull, pulling out that little bit of willpower that's left. Like, oh, I can do it. <laughs> I want to kill the other person, but I'm gonna be uh, different, right? <laughs> and what's beautiful is once you get into the momentum of that, when one person starts to be more generous, so to speak, and goes first. There's more inspiration by the other person to do that on a different occasion. And then that really cultivates a whole nother level of trust and love. And the walls do start to come down because you're like, oh, this person is not my enemy. This person is actually doing something right now. Like, let's say, I don't know, like, um, trying to think of something. Like, let's say I'm walked out of the room and like, Put on some sort of Halloween costume that she just happens to have 
that is literally like a wall or something. And she like walks out and is just like making commentary on the fact that she's in total closure and just doesn't know what to do about it. Like my guess <laughs> is that you would laugh because it's so ridiculous, right? Like it would break the tension of the moment. And so there's ways that um, the moment that that would happen, I'm sure P, you would be like, oh, right. Like, I love this woman. Like, this is, this is, what are we doing here? And so it's like finding your own unique creative in the moment ways of just breaking that tension of like, we're fighting each other to like, oh, look, I'm just here doing the most ridiculous thing ever um, for the sake of love. And it melts everything away. And I think keeping also in the back of your mind, like, because some key pieces and needs came up today, the need to be seen and heard and understood, which is all sort of the same thing. And then the need for sovereignty. And we, all of us humans have both of those needs. It's just in this situation, that's what comes up for the two of you. And it may be because of particular situations when you were growing up, like it just might have, it might be a thing that just like is the thing that rubs you the wrong way and feels like the most threatening for your existence. And so even just the awareness of that, of like, oh, okay, the other person is now threatening something in me and I'm having this like response. Uh, and also, oh, the other person has this, this particular wound around not being seen or around not being given freedom. How can I love them in a way that they feel safe to be seen or they feel seen or they feel free right because that's what that's the gift that you get to offer your partner so and you get to offer p freedom and sovereignty and he gets to offer you a chance to be recognized and seen in your care even if he's a no to the way that it may be presented right but if you both give yourself are aware of that and give more of that in just your language and the way that you interact with each other it just helps create more love and space in the field. And the fence comes down and the corn grows and all the things. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. It's definitely yeah. some good. Yeah. yeah. That feels good. Yeah. Great. Wonderful work. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. We would love for you to rate and review the show. And I'd love to know your takeaways from the episode. You can do that by DMing me on Instagram at Nadia Munla.